Well, welcome to a new episode of the Talking Automotive podcast series. I'm Matt Weiss, and I'm pleased to be joined, as always, by KPMG's global automotive leader, Gary Silberg. Gary, how are you today? I'm great, Matt. It's terrific to speak to you. Always great to speak with you, Gary. And as always, you and the team, thought-provoking, coming out with great new timely insights and analysis. And you have a new report out, Gary, called Place Your Billion Dollar Bets Wisely, Powertrain Strategies for the Post-Ice Automotive Industry. This is a fascinating paper, Gary. We could spend an hour certainly on it, but we're just going to spend a few minutes talking about some of the main takeaways. And, and Gary, there's been a tsunami of investment, about $200 billion worth from automotive startups to established players into some of these new powertrain technologies, notably battery electric vehicles or BEVs as referred to in the industry. And it raises the question of the internal combustion engine, which has been the king, if you will, for the last century, the dominant powertrain. Um, are, are the days numbered for for ICE, right? The internal combustion engine. And, and that's sort of the current conventional wisdom is that those days are numbered, but you and the team have a different take on the conventional wisdom. Thanks, Matt. We're super excited about our newest paper. Um, it could take two hours we'll spend on this podcast, everybody. Uh, no, actually, it's it's 27-page it's uh, research paper, so I um, highly encourage you to read it, but give you the highlights. And I think uh, after we whet your appetite, and, and Matt, you'll have the, you and I will have this conversation, I think um, we even may take this next time and go into depth some more of these profound and billion dollar issues. And we titled it, Place Your Billion Dollar Bets Wisely for a Reason. And you just talked about it, Matt. So far, $200 billion of investments have been announced for new powertrains, primarily in battery electric vehicles. And you can't you know, open the newspaper every day and everyone, you know, Bev, it's going to be electric vehicles. And, and we think actually that that will be the case and will be significant, but not as most people are thinking about it. So, and that is the premise of the paper of conventional wisdom. We don't think conventional wisdom, in fact, is conventional. In fact, it's a little too simplistic. So let me walk you through a little of the highlights of our thinking, and then let's go a little more deeper. I need to do justice. Sorry for a little bit of history, but it's important. Literally, I would say for the last 80 to 100 years, the one thing in common of the auto industry has been the reign of King Ice, the internal combustion engine, essentially. I mean, the auto industry has done an amazing job in competing and developing new products. And, uh, you know, now we're doing autonomy and connected and all those wonderful things. But you could always count on if you're an automaker or supplier, King Ice was going to be your powertrain, essentially. And that's no longer the case. And this changes so much of the industry. It creates such structural changes that I'm not clear everybody really understands the profound implications. So let me share with you a few of those for a second. Our view is, to begin with, why conventional wisdom is not so conventional, that the battery electric vehicle is not going to take over the internal combustion engine, at least not in the near term. Um, well, number one, why, Matt? Um, there's approximately 4 billion people on the planet that even if they wanted to tomorrow, could not plug in because they don't have an electric infrastructure that would allow them to do it. And this is one of the most global automotive industries in the world. Um, so there's not infrastructure. Now I'm not even talking about rich countries. I'm talking about the most of the world. And even in rich countries, 
um, the United States, which is incredibly wealthy. But what we know about our grid today is it's not stable, number one. Um, there's scary things that could happen to it. I don't even want to get into risk around cybersecurity that could happen, et cetera. It can't handle necessary inclement weather. Um, so imagine putting 100% of our entire uh, recharging into uh, transportation on the grid today or even in the near future. It's not ready and it peaks. So there's a lot of things that need to happen um, to make this reality. And that's why we don't think it's going to happen. It's certainly not overnight. Um, and hence, it's, conventionalism is not conventional. And in fact, our view is what's going to happen is it's going to turn out to be a mosaic. King Ice is no longer going to be the king or queen, as my wife likes to say. Uh, but what will replace it is a, a, a mosaic of different types of uh, power chain. So we think, first of all, hybrids are, are much better for the environment than the current ICE vehicles. You have hydrogen. Billions and billions of dollars of hydrogen has been invested around the globe. We think there's terrific applications for hydrogen. Uh, we even see natural gas uh, opportunities or, or, for that matter, even solar in some cases. So this mosaic of different types of powertrains for the specific types of applications we think will be the market of the future and it will be a mosaic because of that. There will no longer be one king ice, but battery electric will not be the dominated force like um, the internal combustion engine is. So let me pause there for a second and, and hopefully I did a good job of explaining our point of view on that, Matt. You, you did, Gary, and like you said, we'll continue this conversation on on next episode of the podcast. There's, there's so many angles, but want to just close on this point for today, Gary, for our audience. So you talked about this mosaic, and in the paper, you lead into this question of too many players, too few consumers. Um, can you explain for our audience sort of that makeup about BEV players are aiming at a very narrow slice of the market right now. You're talking about $45,000 and up per vehicle. That's about only 1.9 million units or 13%. But by 2030, that could be a much higher percentage in terms of BEV um, penetration of the market. And what, what does that represent, Gary, in terms of the change that we're forecasting? Yeah, so this is one of the findings of the paper. And it's a little bit different than the numbers you said, but, but, but pretty close. So if you look at, and this is really cool part of our paper, if you look at all the announcements of the new battery electric vehicles, most, um, if not all of them, but most are above $50,000 and above, um, which the actual price you would have to pay. And I'm not talking about, you know, credits, et cetera. That is the, that is the market price. And what we did in the paper is we studied the, the U.S. market um, for 2019. 2020, actually, we did 2019, it had some noise in the numbers. But if you look at the 2020 market, there were only 2.4 million vehicles sold in the United States above 50,000 vehicles or around 17%. So very close to what you said, just slightly different. So think about that. Everybody is angling for just 2.4 million you know, consumers. And hence the question, Matt, are there too many players going after few to consumers? Uh, I think it's a very fair question. And if you go out to 2030, which we do in our paper, let's just take a simple heuristic. If 30% of the market, assume a, a, a U.S. market of a 17 million vehicle market, if around 30% of the market is battery electric, pure battery electric, that's five 
million vehicles, 5 million vehicles. Uh, but that means there are 12 million vehicles that aren't in this market. And you have all these players vying for this. If, if, if you're an all-in strategy or if you're a startup, you've really got to dominate the smaller part of the market, which maybe that's fine. I'm not saying that's not a bad strategy, but you potentially are giving up a massive amount of the market if you want to go after the other 12. And you look in that simple math globally, it's a very similar story. So hence, place your billion-dollar bets wisely. It's not evident who's going to win. It's not how it's not evident in terms of the timing of when this can, can uh, occur, and it's certainly not evident that you, as a company, can disproportionately gain market share to continue to where you are today, or will you be aced out in the other parts? So it's it's really cool. This is one of many findings in the paper that we think uh, people need to understand. So I'll stop there, Matt. I think hopefully that whetted the appetite uh, of our listeners today, and hopefully they will be readers too on the paper. I, I think it did, Gary. And as you said, it's one of many really insightful points. And we're going to focus on the next episode, Gary. You, you and the team talk about some of the massive manufacturing overcapacity issues that could emerge, particularly regarding ICE vehicles down the line. It's an interesting point. It's a nuanced point. And we'll focus on that one among some other points in the next episode. But for now, Gary, want to thank you for your time and want to thank all of you for listening to this edition of Talking Automotive.